Today I want to kind of uh, continue on a message on Pentecost. And people say, well, Pastor, you preached the message on Pentecost last Sunday. Yeah, we started. It's too much. I find it's, it's too much about Pentecost to ever uh, talk about it in one message. And uh, we've had, like I said, people filled with the Holy Spirit right here in the parking lot last week. And then yesterday, and we continue to have people just fill. It's not a day. It's not a week. It's not just a season. This is a... What's going on in this nation? You and I need to be refilled, continually filled, or first time filled with the Holy Spirit. He is the strength. He is the grace. He is the helper that's going to help us through this time and not just help us to make it because I'm not interested in just surviving. I'm interested in overcoming. The Holy Spirit is the one Jesus said, I'll not leave you as an orphan. I'm going back to the heaven. You know that. And he said, I won't leave you as an orphan, but I'll pray to the Father. He'll send you another comforter and help you. We find that in John chapter 14 and 16, where Jesus prays for the promise of the Father. I want you to understand this this morning. The Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's the promise of our Heavenly Father who's good, who wants us to make it, who wants us to have strength, who wants us to know Him, who wants us to experience the power and the relationship of knowing Him, to be an overcomer, to be an ambassador, to be a voice, to be one that we are the salt and the light. We're the ones that can declare and decree and stop these riots and violence that's going on in our nation. I thank God for our government. America's starting to look like a lot of these nations, third world countries that have riots all the time. We're starting to look just like them. And that, of course, is a fulfillment of what Scripture said it would be. But yet, you and I are called, and you hear me say this all the time, we're called to occupy, do kingdom business until the Lord returns. Or either you draw your last breath. And that means we are salt, we're light, we're the influence in this world to keep this world from going absolutely berserk. And that's why we're having a day of prayer and fasting. And that's why I'm here today proclaiming the Holy Spirit to you. And those of you that have been filled with the Holy Spirit for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, or even 60 years, here in the parking lot or listening live streaming, I'm declaring you, to you today, get hungry, stir yourself up, do what Paul told Timothy, stir the gifts up, be hungry to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. That's what it tells us in uh, Ephesians 6, 18, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It means be continually filled to overflowing. We need an overflow experience with the Holy Spirit so we can not only handle what's going on for our life, but that we can be the influence of light in the dark world that's going on right now. So I'm going to try to get through some of these notes. i got a feeling I'm going to get more off the page than stay on the page, but that's all right. They, ought, they got to make noise too, don't they? I want to talk to you about some benefits of the Holy Spirit. When you understand what the Holy Spirit is, why wouldn't you not want this helper, this comfort, this guide, this spirit of truth in your life? Why wouldn't you want Him? So understand some of these benefits. When you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the infant of the Holy Spirit, you know that when you're praying, your prayer is directly 
nothing to God. You know, if we could raise our hand and our hand could be seen, how many of us have prayed prayers before and wondered, where did that go? Felt like it just kind of fell off the end of my lips and hit the ground. I'm not sure if it went up or got anywhere to heaven. Anybody ever felt that way? I have time. But when you are empowered to pray in the Holy Spirit, you're not talking to man, you're talking to yourself, you're talking directly to God. What, what an incredible access God gives us to be able to speak directly with Him. And you do that through the power of the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. You won't even know sometimes, most of the times, what you're saying or praying. Your spirit person is directly connecting with God and you're praying mysteries. You may be praying for somebody in another land. You may be praying for a situation that you're not even aware of in your mind. But you're praying and you're talking to God. Paul said, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding, my mind is unfruitful. I don't know what I'm saying. Sometimes you will know what you're saying. But most of the time, you know what you're saying. But God, the Holy Spirit can give you the gift of interpretation of what you're praying when you pray in tongues. I really don't want to go all down that path because that's a whole other uh, series of lessons on the gifts of the Spirit and how they operate. But I want to tell you today, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you receive a prayer language, that those tongues that you're going to receive today here be encouraged as some of you are here and some of you were filled with the Holy Spirit a long time ago but you have not actively allowed the Holy Spirit to pray through you today is going to be a transcendent day for you you're not going to guess anymore or wonder anymore is that really God or has that been me all this time today God wants to show you convince you prove to you manifest to you demonstrate through you that it's not you it is him because you need to know that Tongues are intended for a personal prayer and praise to God. Verses 14 and 17 of 1 Corinthians 14 says, Second benefit of the Holy Spirit. You know you're praying according to the will of God. In your life, in my life, there's many times we pray and we just kind of shoot a prayer up and we're praying about something and we're not real sure if that really was the will of God. And James actually tells us sometimes our prayers aren't answered because we pray wrongly. The word it uses is amiss. We pray the wrong thing. But listen, when you're praying in tongues and the Holy Spirit's praying through you, you are not only talking to God directly, you're praying the will of God. And the Bible says when you and I agree with Him and we pray the will of God, He hears us when we pray according to His will. And He doesn't just hear us, He moves to answer the need and the request because it agrees with His will. That's why Jesus called Him a helper. Another one just like me, Jesus said. When he comes, he's going to help you to pray. He's going to help you to pray the will of God. Like in Romans 8, 26, 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Weaknesses does, has nothing to do with your physical strength. Weakness has to do with you being a human being. We are limited. We are finite. He knows what's going on. He knows how to help us to pray for all this violence that's going on in the world. I'm dumbfounded by it. You probably are too. I'm just amazed watching the news like, how can this happen in America? That's even what the news people are saying. How can this happen? It happens because there's lawlessness increasing. And I look at it and I say, God, help us. 
I'm so overwhelmed with it. I'm sure you are overwhelmed with it. It's like, Lord, how do we pray? How do we combat this? It's like the devil's just got the upper hand. And it seems like that some days. I know that. But that's why you and I are called to pray. That's why, you, that's why Jesus hadn't taken you out of this world yet. He needs you to be here to be an obstacle to the enemy having his total way in the lives of people. Listen, some of those people, they're dying. They're being ushered into eternity. Not ready. They don't know God. They need you and I to stand in the wall. They need you and I to make a gap. They need you and I to stand in between them and hell that they aren't killed. They aren't murdered. They don't die until they're ready to go be with the Lord. So the Holy Spirit comes to help us to do that because we're overwhelmed. We don't know how to pray. And we, we pray in words and languages that he said can't even be uttered, can't be manufactured out of your mind. You reach a limit, you hit an impasse, you hit a wall, you don't know how to pray for it. The third benefit of praying in tongues is it brings your tongue into subjection. Yeah, I didn't think I'd get an amen there, but. <laughs> Listen, we need 2020. It's called the year of the mouth. You and I need to be very careful what we say, how we speak. Be careful that we're not, and I don't mean cursing it and using curse words, but saying negative things and, and say governor or that person, that president, that, that whatever is crazy. They're stupid. They don't know what they're doing. We need to be careful. God didn't call us to curse them. God called us to pray for them. Sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes I'm just going to be transparent with you. Maybe it's, I'm the only one here that feels this way. Some days I feel like, God, can't you just go ahead and take them out and get them off the scene and give us somebody that's godly and righteous? See, there are somebody that agrees with that. There's days I feel like praying that prayer. But that's not how God told me to pray in the Bible. God told me to pray for their salvation. And listen, the answer is not getting in the street. The answer is not getting on the internet, Facebook, tweeting, and, and bad-mouthing and railing against somebody. The answer is on our knees or some posture of prayer. And praying. And praying in the Holy Spirit. That's warfare. We are in a warfare. Just the other day, I said, God, we're in a warfare for the soul of this nation. And if you and I don't pray, so praying in tongues helps you to be able to bridle, control your tongue. James 3.8, you know the scripture, it says, no man can tame the tongue. You can't, even on your best day. You want to slip up and say something. For the tongue's an unruly evil, the most unruly member of your body. And when you're praying in the Spirit, you're bringing not only your tongue, you're bringing your spirit, soul, and body into subjection to the kingdom of God. Fourth, benefit. When you pray in tongues, you're going to edify yourself. You see these buildings? Another word for these buildings are edifices. And it, that's where the Greek word comes from. An edifice, a building. When you pray and when you allow yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit, when you enter into prayer and worship and pray in tongues, what it is doing, it is for your personal edification. It is to build you up. It is to make you stronger. It is to help you overcome your weaknesses that Romans 8 talked about. It's to help you overcome your anger. 
It's to help you to deal with your flesh. It's to help you to deal with crisis situations. It's to empower you to put the devil and the demon forces in their place under your foot in Jesus' name. Let me give you a word for that. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 and 18. He or she who speaks in a tongue edifies him or herself. The use of tongues, praying in the Spirit. There's several terms there you can use. You'll hear us say, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, prayer language, glossolalia. We don't say that word too much, but that means tongues, languages. Spiritual strengthening. Why wouldn't you not want this gift to spiritually strengthen you? Then fifth benefit. You know that you're giving thanks well to God. First Again, that same chapter. When we pray in the Spirit, we're praying to God. We're praying the will of God. We're giving perfect thanks to God. Now, it says in that block of Scripture that if you're praying of people that are uninformed or unlearned or don't understand the Holy Spirit, they're not going to understand what you pray in the Spirit. So they're going to hard time. They're going to have a hard time saying amen to it. And amen means let it be so, or it's a term of agreement. So just simply, you know, you're giving thanks well when you pray in tongues, but if you're among those that are uninformed, they don't have a clue what you're saying, so you're better off just giving thanks in your native or if it's French or if it's Japanese, Chinese, or English, pray in your native language. Then the, the, another benefit is your faith. Your faith is stimulated. Now understand, the Bible says that faith comes by the hearing of the Word. Nothing will ever take the place of God's Word, the Bible, the Word of God in our life. Nothing. But when you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit <laughs> takes that Word that already is alive and sharp and a two-edged sword, and the Holy Spirit takes that Bible, that Word of God that you've read, that you've studied, that you've meditated on, that you've memorized, He takes it, the Holy Spirit takes it, and He makes it real, and He applies it to the situations that you're going through. So your faith is stimulated. And that's why Jude 20 tells us, it's only one book in the Bible, it's the book just before the book of Revelation, but Jude, the one verse, says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, how do you do it? By praying in the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is like the battery in your vehicle. It needs to be charged. Some of you end up with a battery that needs to be recharged because you're running your ACC and uh, to hear on the radio without running your engine. Well, the way to keep your battery charged is run your engine. And maybe not the whole time, but just crank it up every now and then or whatever. But we have to boost several batteries a week. That's okay. We love you. We'll help you. We're full service here. Amen. But the, the Holy Spirit comes, and when you pray in tongues, you're building yourself up on your most holy faith, and that's how you do it. Praying in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit when you're mad. Pray in the Spirit when you're sad. Pray in, your, pray in the Spirit when everything's going good. Don't just wait till there's a calamity or catastrophe or you're in an emergency to pray in tongues. Pray in tongues all the time. I'm married to a tongues talker. She's been praying in tongues since she was five years old. And she constantly tells me, you need to pray in tongues more. And she's right. Praying in tongues will, praying in tongues will get you out of trouble, keep you out of trouble. 
Now, my notes are all scrambled up here because the wind's done a number on them. But I want to talk to you about tongues for a moment. But I want you to understand, when I talk to you about tongues, and, and those of you that have been Pentecostal, charismatic, spirit-filled for a long time, please understand my heart, what I'm saying today. I'm in a limited time trying to teach a huge subject. I'm not putting tongues as, a, as something relegated to not meaningful. Tongues, what the, tongue, what the tongues in the Spirit are, it's your language to help you communicate with ki the kingdom of God. You and me as human beings, as weak people, as Romans 8 tells us, we can communicate with the kingdom of God through tongues. Does God hear you in your English, Chinese, Japanese, Italian, French, whatever? Yes. But when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God. You're directly talking to God, as the Scriptures just said. But So tongues are the language to help you to communicate. Many times in the Pentecostal church, we've, we put tongues up as the ultimate climax. And when you ever speak in tongues, that's it. You can't go any further. There's no more. I want to tell you what. There's always more in Jesus. I'm glad you believe that. Tongues is the entryway. When you're saved, you get into the kingdom of God. I view it this way. When you're baptized or infilled with the Holy Spirit and you're given a prayer language in tongues, you have entered into spiritual kindergarten. The Bible starts making sense. Life starts making sense. The kingdom starts making sense. You start, you're able to understand what's going on in your life. The Holy Spirit comes to lead, guide, give revelation, show us things that will come. That's what Jesus' ministry would be. Jesus said, I've got to go back to heaven and offer myself and my blood on the eternal altar and stay there to be an intercessor for you. But I'm sending another one just like me. He's a helper, comforter, lead you, guide you, help you, empower you, strengthen you. Everything you need, the Holy Spirit's going to be that for you. So Paul said it this way. He said, tongues are a sign. They're a sign a proof, not the only one, but they're a sign and a proof, not that you've received Jesus because you already have the Holy Spirit in you, but tongues are a sign and a proof that you have received the empowerment. The word here, the key word, the big word that Pastor Greg teaches like his kids, the big word here today is empowerment. Listen, I'm going transparent. This is wonderful to feel the Holy Spirit. Some of you have experienced that for the first time this week. It's wonderful. But that's not the end. That's not the goal. To speak in tongues is wonderful. That's not the end. That's not the goal. To fall out in the Spirit. That's not the end. That's not the goal. It depends on how you live when you get up from the ground that matters. When you receive the Holy Spirit, when you receive Jesus at salvation, and when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're supposed to get up different from that experience. You're supposed to get up hating sin and loving God and loving people. Come on. Many people fight this sign of tongues. Some of you have come from a religion, denomination, setting. You were told it's of the devil. I want to tell you it's not the devil. Tongues are a sign. That's what Paul called it. It's a sign. Actually, before Paul said it, Jesus. Anybody believe Jesus? Let me give you Jesus. Jesus said in Mark 16, 17, These signs shall follow those that believe. In my name they're cast out de demons. 
they will speak with new tongues. Now, speaking with new tongues, that didn't mean they'd stop cussing and, and get a new vocabulary. That's not what it meant. Listen, if I can regress just a moment, when John the Baptist identified he said, one's coming. I baptize you with water into repentance, but one is coming of whose sandals I'm unworthy to even untie them. That he, this is what he said Jesus's, Jesus' mission would be. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus' mission, as we talked about last week, was to redeem us, open up heaven for us so that we could be a citizen of the kingdom. But it didn't stop there. And Jesus said, I've come to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire to reconnect you with the glory. We sing about the glory just a moment. Let your glory come. We want the glory. We don't even know what we're singing sometimes. Lord, let that, let that presence of God re-enter us, renew us, refill us, re-empower us to do the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus said, you'll speak with new tongues. Should be, it should be. An occurrence for everybody that's born again. Then Paul said again in 1 Corinthians 14. Therefore tongues are for a sign. For a sign that would initially prove an empowerment has happened in your life. And then listen to this. I love this. This is Acts 10. This is when Peter went down to Cornelius the Italian. We got any Italians here today? Where are you, Tony? Honk your horn. You got any Italians? The Holy Spirit was poured out upon your ancestors. Acts chapter 10. Peter went out of obedience to the Lord, preached the gospel to them. Not only did they get saved, the Holy Spirit came upon Cornelius and all of his household, the, the Gentiles. And, and Peter got in trouble with the Jewish people, was called back to Jerusalem and said, What are you doing being a Jew going into the house of the Gentile, preaching this message. See, the Jews thought they were exclusive. They had a corner on the market. God only loves us. But God showed Peter through that vision, I'm no respecter of person. I'm clean, what I call clean. I'm sending you to the Gentiles. Peter obeyed, thank God, or you and I would not be here today. But so Peter got in trouble, got called in. That's what religion will do to you. When the Holy Ghost moves, religion will call you in. Can you explain this? Peter said, here's Peter's explanation. Then those Jews of the circumcision who believed, when Peter told them what happened at Cornelius' house, Peter said, listen, I just went there and as I began to tell them the gospel, they got saved and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Listen to what he said. And the Jews that he was reporting this to, they were astonished shocked that God would do such a thing. And as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Listen to this. That's not all he said. Here's how Peter proved it happened. For they heard. Peter said, we heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Peter was saying, just like happened to us in Acts 2, and just like happened to us in Acts 4 when we were threatened to speak the name of Jesus no more, and we went and we prayed and the place was shaken and we were filled again, he said the same thing that happened to us happened down at Cornelius' house. And he said, folks, I'm the Holy Spirit for the Gentile and the Jew. 
Holy Spirit is for all people. Acts chapter 2, 38 and 39 says, To as many as the Lord our God shall call. Have you been called to salvation today? Honk your horn. Thank you. Acts 2.39 As many as the Lord our God shall call. To your children, to your children that follow after you, to those that are far a thousand years from that day. And then he included, and to as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's us. The Holy Spirit's for every one of us that's here or every one of us that's even listening to the live stream or over the, over the uh, phone. Wow. I'm just going to stop there because I want to honor your time and I think I've said enough. I want the fire of God's Holy Spirit. And, and those of you that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to understand what I, I say. There's seasons in our life when we're on fire for the Lord. But we have to, just like, just like any fire, a campfire, if you don't tender that fire, if you don't add wood to that fire, or charcoal to that fire, or wood chips to that fire, fire's going to go out. Our spiritual life is the same way. And I, I don't doubt, because we're humans, and this has happened in my life, that sometimes we let the fire go out. We get used to what the Lord's doing. We hold what the Lord's doing as common. We kind of feel like we've got it together and we've got all that there is to get. But I want to tell you, we are living... If you ever have heard my heart, please hear me. If you and I are ever living in a day that you and I have got to be on fire with the Holy Spirit, that you and I have got to be lit up, ignited with the Holy Spirit, to tell people the truth, be bold, not to be afraid if somebody even was going to punch us in the face. But to be bold and just say, you know, you can think what you want to of me, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I love you enough to stand in between you and hell. And I'm going to witness to you about Jesus. I love you enough that I'm going to be the roadblock. I'm going to be the barrier between you and hell. And you're going to hear. The, and I don't pin any roses on me, but the Lord put it on me one time in my life. I want you to go home and I want you to... T I'd already, I've always witnessed him up and told him how good God was and da-da-da-da-da. The Lord said, I want you to go home and tell them how to get saved. I said, Lord, I've done that. He said, I want you... You are on a mission for me to go home from uh, where we were ministering. We had to come back to Atlanta. He said, you're on a mission to tell your father how to get saved and ask him, is he ready to pray? Well, I won't bore you with the story, but the Lord opened the door and my dad said something to me. And, and then the Lord said, go for it. And I went and I told my dad, I said, I know I'm your son. I know you're my father and I respect you and all that. But I said, but I am going to tell you today and you're going to listen to me because you're old and you're sick and your days are numbered. I said, I'm not trying to be rude to you or mean to you, dad, but I, I, love, you. <laughs> I love you enough that I'm going to tell you and I'm going to tell you straight what the Bible says. And I gave the gospel to him. And I said, will you pray with me to receive Jesus? He said, no. He flat said, no. I said, can I pray for you? He said, yeah. I, I came back to see him several months later. He's in the VA hospital with dementia. 
I said, Dad, we got to leave. We got to go home and then leave town to go back. Launched into the Lord's Prayer because that's the only prayer he knew. He was a Lutheran background. That's the only and when he got to the part, God forgive me of my trespasses as, as uh, you forgive me. Forgive me of my trespasses as you forgive me. He began to cry. I said, Dad, have you made things right with God? He looked at me in that clear moment, eye to eye. Sylvia Zarin is a witness. He said, yes, I have. I knew, I knew that was the last time I'd talk to my father where he could communicate. I knew it. I went, we went outside on the steps on the front of the VA hospital. I broke and wept like a baby. I said, Sylvia, that's the last time I'll be able to talk to my father and communicate with him. That's it. I, just, I know it. That's it. But I am satisfied that he's going to be in heaven. I'm satisfied because the Lord bore witness to both of us that his prayer was enough the holy spirit said to me he doesn't know the bible like you he doesn't know how to pray like you do he doesn't know theology like you but i know his heart and his heart has made it right with me i said it's all i need god i'm good lord you're the one that saves not me family's hard to pray for family's hard to talk to family's hard to witness to but when god puts like they say in texas when god puts the onus on you when god puts the burden on you he'll give you the grace to do it he'll open the door to do it Listen, i got to stop. God needs you and I of this congregation. I'm not responsible for other congregations. I'm responsible for you and those listening live stream and those that come. I'm responsible. I'm not responsible for another church does. But God help me that I'm going to tell you the truth. And every barrier that hinders you from being saved, living right, a godly life in Christ Jesus... Every barrier that keeps you from being overflowing with the Holy Spirit. This morning, I come against it. Sylvie, come join me. I come against it in the name of Jesus Christ. Why would you not want the Holy Spirit that Jesus said the Father would send to be your helper, your guide, your empowerment, to help you communicate with the Father, to help you live a victorious life in this godless, ungodly, perverted increasingly pagan you may not like to hear me saying this you may not like to hear me say this but it's true it's not going to get better according to this book it's not going to get better the bible says in the last days evil men will wax grow become worse and worse lawlessness will abound sin will abound that the love of many will wax cold it doesn't happen to have to happen to us. God's baptism in the Holy Spirit will do you with His love, grace. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you want the Lord to fill you, to refill you, and you're honest enough, and you're hungry enough, say, God, I'm tired of living like this. I've kind of backed off. I've kind of slipped away. I've kind of gone into neutral. I've kind of gone... In. Lord, I'm not as active. Lord, I'm not praying like I used to do. I'm not reading the Word. Lord, I'm not really living for you like I was hot on fire once. I'm asking you, get out of your car now in the name of Jesus. Right now, get out of your car. 
And Lord, that's me. Listen, I, I may not be, we may not be able, I want the prayer teams to get ready. They'll come to you. I may not be able to get out there and lay hands. You don't need a human being to lay hands on you. This can be between you and God. That's all it takes. All you need to do is have a heart that's hungry. A heart that says, God, I need you. I want you. I don't want to live without you. That's all it takes. You don't have to understand theologically about the Holy Spirit and the Trinity. You don't, you're never going to figure that out anymore. Just got to be hungry. Is this all? Is this really all? If you want a refreshing, you need a refreshing. We all do. Come on, we all do. That's what Ephesians 6, 18 says. Be filled. Are you overflowing? If you're not overflowing with the Holy Spirit, you need a refreshing. If you're kind of lukewarm, indifferent, never been filled, never received a gift, you need Him. Why would you not want Him? You say, well, I'm not worthy. You're right. That's why Jesus makes us worthy by His blood. Get over yourself. Oh, get over yourself. You'll never be worthy in yourself. He makes us worthy. It's a gift. You don't pay for a gift. You don't pay for a birthday anniversary gift. You just receive it. You say thank you. And that's what some of you need to do right now is just say thank you, Father, that you're going to give me this gift. He's not too hard. Come on, men. You need the Holy Spirit. He'll make you a better husband. He'll make you a better man of God. He'll make you a better husband. He'll make you a better father. He'll make you a better citizen. He'll make you a better everything. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you right now. Just lift your, I just saw this this morning. The Lord said, just challenge them in a, in a kind way, good way. Get out of their cars, lift their hands, begin to thank and praise the Lord. And just as Jesus said in John 20, 21, receive the Holy Spirit. Just receive. Receive the gift that a loving, kind, good, heavenly Father has for you today. Father, I bless your people in the name of Jesus. Every barrier of their mind, of their intellect, of their flesh, of their religious background, in the name of Jesus, I cast it down. That it be broken off them in the name of the Lord Jesus, and they receive this day the Spirit of God. Salvation, refreshing, grace, mercy, power, endowment, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you're an altar worker, ministry leader, I want you to just get out of your vehicle. And just go agree over these and minister to them. Those of you that are outside receiving, just let yourself begin to worship the Lord. Don't try to pray in English, French, Chinese, Japanese, whatever your native language is, Spanish. Don't try to pray in language. Just listen. Not in your brain, not in your head, but in your spirit. You're most likely, possibly, going to hear some syllables, some sounds. That's where, the, that's where the part is that we're going, what's that? That's the Spirit of God giving you a language. Your part is to just to speak out what you're hearing from the inside. Your part is to speak it out in faith. Don't worry about it if it's right. Don't worry about it if it's, if it's about, you understand it. You're not going to understand it. It's a supernatural happening in your life. But you can receive right here in this parking lot. Don't have to be in a building. Don't have to be on your knees. Don't have to be in a religious position. 
I told him yesterday, I was in my pajamas in my bed at Bible school. Come Holy Spirit, do what no human being can do. In Jesus' name. Pastor Larry, if you'd sing that song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And just as they're singing that worship, just welcome him. Just welcome him into your life. Come fly.